What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It's time for another edition of the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. On today's episode of the Blitz, well, I don't have moats to yap with. It's just Euler today. No moats, just Euler, but that's okay. We've got plenty to discuss, plenty of audio to bring you as well. A lot of moving and shaking going on, folks. We've had some re-signings in Pittsburgh. Cam Sutton has a two-year deal. Kevin Colbert, the Steelers' general manager, has extended his contract by a year as well. We've also seen some departures. Matt Filer, Bud Dupree, to name a few, have signed elsewhere. We'll discuss all of these things today. But we start, you know, Arthur Motes, he's not here today, but I found a way to still have him involved. We'll start today with a conversation between Craig Wolfley and Arthur Motes. Let's get it going. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. going on Steelers Nation Radio it's high noon on a Tuesday afternoon that can only mean one thing it's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold I'm Wesley Euler riding solo today no mozi don't worry scheduled day off everything is okay you know we are living in crazy unprecedented times right so I always got to feel like I got to make sure everybody knows everything's okay scheduled day off for you know Mr. Big Stuff Arthur Motes on the show today But like I said, we're still going to hear from him. I've got some audio of a conversation uh, that Craig Wolfley and Arthur Motes had on Steelers.com that I want to play for you here in just a minute. I will still take your tweets today. A lot going on in Steeler Nation. Kevin Colbert, we found out, extended that contract. You know, we all know he's working year by year. He will be back um, in this upcoming season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cam Sutton has been re-signed. We've seen guys like Bud Dupree and Matt Filer sign contracts elsewhere and depart the Steelers organization. We'll discuss all of that today. Uh, like I said, I will take your tweets on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. Josh tweets me here uh, right before we went on air uh, about Cam Sutton taking a hometown discount. And if, you know, that is only a two-year cheaper contract so that hopefully maybe he can have a bigger payday down the road. Josh, that's something that I want to talk about in our next segment when we kind of deep dive into all of that. But first, like I said, no mozi today on the show, but I still wanted to hear from Dabadi. And here's a conversation that him and Craig Wolfley had on Steelers.com about expectations for the second-year Steelers. Arthur Motes, and I am joined with Craig Wolfley, the legendary Pittsburgh Steeler. And today we're going to be talking about J.J. Watt choosing a different team instead of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to obviously talk about Adrian Clem and his impact. Then we're going to talk about the year two expectations for Kevin Dodson, Alex Highsmith, and Chase Claypool. So without further ado, whoa, talk to me, oh. man. We had some major, major news this week, man, in terms of older brother of T.J. Watt and J.J., I mean, T.J. Watt and Derek Watt, you know, decided to take his talents to Pittsburgh West, a.k.a. Arizona Cardinals. Man, what were your thoughts on that? Exactly. Well, I thought it was funny because, number one, you played for the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) I thought that was kind of interesting. And I thought, first of all, you already got Derek and you already got T.J. What's up with that? You don't come to see your brothers and play? I don't know, but I'm telling you, I thought it was really interesting because – 
number one, it really kind of was, uh, when you see the, the whole blowback from it, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. Steve Kime, the GM from the Cardinals, mm-hmm. what did he do? He had Frank Caliendo and he had Blake Shelton helping to recruit J.J. Watt to Arizona. I thought that was sensational. What you think? I, I agree 100%. That's what we like to call the full court press when it comes to free agency. We saw the pictures, right? The private jet. You talked about Blake Shelton. You talk about the stars and the red carpet that they rolled out. I mean, you definitely, if you're JJ and you're going to decide to not play with your brothers, you better have that type of uh, situation, right? In terms of them just giving you every single thing that you desire, both on and off the field. No question about it. So it kind of led one thought to another. Is you know my brain is contaminated. Oh, okay, got, got so the here I'm going. thinking to myself. All right, if you were being recruited, uh, all right, to uh, I don't know, let's say Pittsburgh. There um, we go. Who would you want to recruit you? So I'm going to ask you, Arthur. Ooh. Who would you want to recruit you? Well, I feel like I should go just you know super yenzer and hit you with the Donnie Irish. You know you got to get the Donnie <laughs> right. Got to get Donnie. <laughs> but for me. I'm going to go with, you know, a little bit more of my generation. It would be Wiz Khalifa and Chevy Woods, part of Taylor Gang, obviously. So that would be there. If I'm coming here on my visit and you're rolling out the red carpet and those are the guys welcoming me, yeah, I'm going to feel good about it. But obviously, what say you, Mr. Woofley? Well, I would think this, all right? So if I wanted somebody maybe a little on the funny side to recruit uh-huh. me, I got to go with Chris Farley. Come on, Chris Farley. Who do you love? And the guy that can do uh, cartwheels and, and, you know, heavy, hefty guys and crash into things yes. and tear things up, you know? And then because, like you said, going into the Pittsburgh ideal, you got to go with Joe Grusecki and the Iron City House Rockers. Now, there we legendary. go. That's a legendary <laughs> band. And you could put Donnie Iris in there because that's... That's from my era. That would be my frame of mindset. So beautiful. We got it down. There we go. So we know next time, if we need a free agent that we got to have, we both going to go to work, get these bands here, get these artists here, and make sure that we get the free agent that we want. (laughs) Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. I thought that was so interesting. It was, man. And like you said, man, you just never know what goes on behind behind closed doors, right? We I mean, JJ was very quiet about his recruitment. TJ was very quiet in terms of knowing the details about JJ and his recruitment as well. So it's always fun when we get these details, just be able to reflect on them and and have a good laugh like we are right now. There's no question about it. One of the things I thought significant too was, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not like JJ wasn't playing at a high level. I mean, he Very was true. he was the highest, uh, yes. I believe, the highest double team guy in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. Around 30 percent of the time, yep. you're facing those double teams. So he still was a threat, a major threat. And the mm-hmm. fact is, uh, Arizona got him. It's interesting because my brother, as you know, is down there. Yep like the touch of Arizona so as I often say so it'll be interesting to see what his take is on it without a doubt man but either way I'm excited about it but I am glad that he didn't go in the division right if you got to go somewhere where you're not going to join your brothers go to go to the other side of the country and we appreciate you for doing such things so yes don't go to Cleveland don't go to Cleveland whatever you do whatever you do don't go there but as we transition speaking about his brothers obviously TJ and Derek This was a long and just crazy season for everybody in the NFL. But more importantly, we know with the Steelers, their schedule was impacted mightily numerous times with bye weeks changing. Obviously, you had the wild card game, but everything leading up to that from a COVID standpoint. So just talk about the importance of the three R's when the season ends. I'm talking your reset, 
your rest and your repair. Talk to me about that. When you were playing during your day, why was that important? And how would you go about accomplishing those things? You know, it's interesting that you bring this up because we're going to have a different perspective here because you're going to bring more of a new school, me an old school perspective on how this all comes about. If you remember back in my day, we didn't have the bye week until the latter part of my career. I think it was the last two or three years of my career that we actually had a bye week. So once you hit the, the pedal through the metal in training camp, it was straight on through to whenever the season crashed at the end. And the fact was in my era, Okay, we and I know this sounds like okay, you had three full padded practices full <laughs> every week, followed by a game. And some of the games were easier than the practices under Chuck, right? <laughs> and that we did walk up to and into practice uphill both ways, and even during training camp in the winter, obviously, you know. But the fact was, when you're done with that sort of physicality, it really builds up on you. You don't, mm -hmm. we didn't have a lot of the things that you guys have the prehab rehab work yeah. such as, as as what you guys had nowadays right. so at the end of the season it was about crashing it was about getting on the couch mm. you know you wake up you roll out of bed you get a cup of joe and then you get on the couch and you're there for about the next month that's oh. about how it works yeah. the younger you are the quicker you go back to weight training the older you are <laughs> the later you go back to weight training and wow. pain was your level of how, if you could lift your hands up above your head without pain, time to start lifting. Wow. Very, very different. But this is another reason why I always tell you how much I appreciate you and your guys laying the <laughs> groundwork and the foundation because my generation, we weren't doing that. We, we both, we, we, we know that, we know that. So for <laughs> us, the, the, the way that, you know, I would go about it during my playing time, Honestly, during the season, we were able, because of science, right, and just because of just how far technology has come, where you're constantly working on your body, you're constantly doing, you know, things to stay on the front side of it. So you would get acupuncture, you would get massages, cold tubs, hot tubs, cryotherapies, and things like that. So your body, even though it's breaking down as the season progresses, it never got to just the bare bones, right, in terms of how you guys speak on it, where season's over, crash for a month. For us, when the season would end, obviously we were very sore and obviously you're mentally drained as well, but we would always base it on how many snaps we played in terms of, all right, if I played a thousand snaps on defense, well, then I know I need to take three weeks off. If I played X amount of snaps, then I might need to increase that or decrease it just depending on my role. But that was the big thing. And for me, when it came to rest, once the season ended, I said, I'm going to take a trip. As soon as the season ended, I didn't care when it happened, whether it was first week of January, whether it was after the Super Bowl in February. For me, I said, I just had to get away because especially nowadays, right? Social media is so prevalent. We don't ever get a chance to feel like you're unplugged. You're constantly, you know, in front of people. You're constantly having to be on. So I felt like it was always important to just me and the family just get away somewhere I could just let no. my hair down and mentally relax. Where was your getaway place? Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Give me, give me your perfect getaway. Yes. Season's done. Boom, I'm out of here. All right. So for us and my family, it was the Cayman Islands. And the reason why we loved it, we said it wasn't as big and known as like the Bahamas, right? It wasn't as crazy and fast-paced as a Mexico. But at the same time, we knew, hey, we could go over here. It was a quick flight because, newsflash, I don't like flying. So I wanted something that was going to be a quick and easy flight. It was literally a three-hour flight. One way, I'm, I'm good, direct, no layovers, anything like that. 
but I'm ultimately able to just get there and it's just a chill, just down the earth place. So that was my big thing that me and my family would always do to start my rest. And then after that, mentally, I can say, okay, now I'm ready to start back up. Now I'm ready to go. And once you get that, you know, rejuvenation, once you're mentally back locked in, well, now it was just business as usual. Now we're going back and, you know, hitting these weights and, and starting up to build that body back up for a season. But ultimately, man, that was one part that you couldn't overlook. And it was interesting to hear you say that, you know, you would take a month off because I remember, you know, when we would talk a lot of times, you know, your, your group, you're like, man, we don't take days off. It's always pedal to the metal, keep grinding. So it is good to hear that y'all did at least give yourself some time of a break. <laughs> See, the difference was this. My rookie year up at St. Vincent training camp, I happened by Joe Green with a gathering of reporters around him. And uh, I heard <laughs> Joe Green say to the guys, fellas, relax. He says, I know I'm not going to feel this good until February or March. I'm second, huh? You know, I mean, yes. that's a long ways. Then when I got double digit years deep into my own yeah, career, man, I understood what Joe was talking about. Ked Zooks, man. I mean, you no. know, you need that time off. And and I don't know about you, but that first week was so mm -hmm. precious where you think all the the cycle of building up to an intensity and yes. then playing the game and then crashing, then rebuilding. Mm -hmm. And to do that for 20 straight weeks, 22 yes. weeks, whatever it was, um, that that cycle was broken and you could lay on that couch you could big dog it you know i got kids hey would you get daddy another pop tart you know whatever there we go <laughs> it was sweet well and i do like the fact that we could both agree with this right when you're younger in your career I'm talking years one through four you feel like superman you don't oh, yeah. need the rest of recovery what i'm good to go man i could play tomorrow Man, once we got to that back end, years five through 10, oh man, rest became very, very prevalent. That became the priority for me. It was like, hey, I need to get off my feet. Daddy needs help. Can you get daddy this drink? Can you please get daddy this food? <laughs> I always felt, you know, my first five years, I could play a game, sleep, you know, stay out late with the boys and yeah. sleep and that, roll out of bed in the morning, go lift weights. After about year six, it was like, you know, you play a game, you have dinner, mm -hmm. you leave the, the nightlife to the younger guys, yes. you head home, you, you fall out of bed the next morning, you crawl to the shower, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> then, you know, you start your day. And that's, that's just kind of the way it was. Without a doubt. Man. That is funny, though. It, that's the beauty of sports, right? Even though we right. play, you know, in different generations, we can still relate to that element because that's the part that never goes away. The That's physicality it. is always going to be there. The soreness is always going to be there. I'm just glad that I have a fellow football brother to laugh <laughs> through it with. That's all. <laughs> laugh at each other. I, I think I, I think I feel worse than you. Oh, maybe not. You're looking pretty bad. <laughs> but say, man, you know, you're limping a little harder than I'm limping today. So I might be all right. <laughs> exactly. No yes, question about it, my friend. But that is the whole, poor, the whole thing of that first month is so great mm. because of the fact you can just download everything just get yes. rid of it and and then you start to prepare and you start to look forward but it's that initial focus of being able to say mm -hmm. okay let's uh, reload here you've got to take that time it's not so big like you said in the first couple of years yeah. but as you get older man you got to prepare and that's that's what i think is, is significant about today for you guys especially what you're saying the social media thing you got i think you got to unplug and get away from all that to, man you have to because otherwise you're constantly 
reminded of the season, whether you did good or bad. But the thing is this, we know how football goes. It's a playoff, right? So if you're not winning the Super Bowl, if you lose at any point prior to that, it always feels like a failure. It always feels like the season wasn't good enough. And if you don't unplug after the season, you never get a chance to reset. You never get a chance to get that taste out your mouth because you're constantly going to be reminded of the fact that you lost. You're constantly reminded of, well, you shouldn't be on social media. You need to work out as if you're working out 24, 7, 365 days. Like it's crazy. So I always thought it was important for me, especially to take time to step away from social media during that time, because this generation is totally different what they have to deal with from just an eyes on them attention standpoint. No doubt about it. I mean, I don't know how you guys, those guys, I don't know how they do yeah. it because I, that's not something I could handle in my playing days. That <laughs> social media stuff, oh, forget it. Hey, look, and I'm just glad that it didn't become as big as it did till later on in my career where I was a lot more mature. I mm-hmm. had a, had a, a way Ooh. better structure around me because I said, you know, early on, imagine you and me years one, two, and three, if cameras no. were following us around the way that it is now. No. It would a different perspective, man. <laughs> hey, well, but you live and you learn, right? I'm just... You lifted me out of stupidity, man. <laughs> like I said, I'm just glad that we're able to pass our, you know, the things that we learned through that time on to the younger generation. So hopefully they can continue to maneuver in the best way possible for them and for the organization. No doubt about it. Absolutely, <laughs> my friend. Yes, indeed. All now, right. Now, we, you were talking about Adrian Clown. Absolutely. Yeah, man. We, uh, within the organization, they, uh, recently promoted Adrian Clem from assistant offensive line coach to officially the head offensive line coach, the head man in charge. So just talk a little bit about, you know, his transition. What are you expecting from him in this new role? And what are some of the challenges that he's going to face as he becomes the head offensive line coach compared to being the assistant? You know, the good thing for Adrian is that he's not following a legend like Mike Munchak. Very you know, true. that's a hard act to follow. A guy <laughs> yes. who's a Hall of Fame player, a Hall mm-hmm. of Fame coach. I know he was a Hall of Fame player. You know, my best best year uh, as far as accolades came up, uh-huh. I, I forgot what year it was, but it was, I was a, uh, what, second, third team all pro or uh-huh. you know, one of those guys because Mike Munchak was there. That's, you know, that's, <laughs> I didn't even get to go there. You know, I was like, you know, five guys got hurt and then I'd be one of them, you know, to go. But Munchak, what a great coach, a great player. And that's a difficult act to follow because you got all the players, all the vets, all their mm-hmm. attention, and they are they are geared into you. And then you're Sean Surratt and you're coming up and you're the guy and it's a little bit tougher. You know, it's a tough thing. Um, so I think this is going to be a great, great year for Adrian Clem to be able to jump in and be able to stamp, um, this offensive line as his own. I'm hoping that he will, uh, I hope I'm hoping to take a chapter or step back into old school, you know, because Mm, I'm hoping that, you know, everybody's talking about the run games got to come around. Yeah. And I know you like that because I know you like that, you know. Featuring Absolutely. the big guys up front, man. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, one of the first <laughs> things I would say is, hey, Adrian, get him pushing cars. That's right. There Car we go. Pushing. There was one of the greatest exercises that I've ever found. Yeah. Uh, it was pushing cars. Now, you got to be careful. Your neighbors might think you're a little Coco Loco like mine did when he saw me at the, <laughs> the, end of the street. And he's telling yeah. down, Craig, don't worry. I got some extra gas out <laughs> No, I'm doing this for. Oh, I worked it out. It's important. <laughs> but here's the thing about it: pushing cars teaches you to put your body in alignment yes. for the strongest power pushing mm-hmm. position 
as you can get. And you yeah. need that. You've got to have mm-hmm. that weight forward. You got to be under and up. And you have, you have to have leverage. And that's one of the things yes. I think would be so great for Adrian to do is introduce these guys to a three-point stance, get them pushing cars, and then let them punch the heavy bag. The whale mm-hmm. bag. Absolutely. I mean, I think that he needs to do. Yes, I agree with you with that. I mean, when you talk about the pushing of the cars, I used to do that as well. I loved it because it, oh, absolutely. Yes. And the thing that I love was the leverage element of it, but it trained me to keep driving my legs. Think about as a defender, right? Yes. We make a ton of contact, but if our legs go dead on contact, that's where we lose because the initial blow is typically a stalemate between, you know, running back and linebacker, D lineman and O lineman, just because of, you know, we're all very similar in terms of size and strength. The difference is after that initial blow, whose feet get going the fastest? And then when you talk about hand placement, who can reshoot their hands and replace them the fastest? Those are the things that help you. And that's why for me, I loved working in terms of pushing cars because it would make me, it would become second nature. I didn't have to think, hey, drive my feet. I was already just naturally doing it. And then it obviously looks super cool when you're pushing a car down the street. So trust me, you, you, you looked at it from the negative side of like, hope my neighbor don't look at me like I'm crazy. I looked at it on the side of, hey, man, they're going to look at him. They're going to look at me and say, man, that guy's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> All but the one time I was on a slight grade one time because I wanted to add a little extra effort. I had a G. Oh, so I pushed oh. it up the hill, then I'd sit on the front bumper and then <laughs> walk it back, you know, that yeah. way. It almost got away from me one time. <laughs> Ooh, if that went down the hill, it would have been tough. <laughs> hey, no question, man. But, you know, go, getting back to Adrian Clem, man, so with him coming in now, obviously he was the assistant prior to this year, so he yes. has a familiarity, which I do think is important. But in terms of him in, being able to introduce his new ideas, right, his new philosophies and things like that, how do you, what do you think will be the best method for him to do that? I mean, should he come in being, uh, you know, not a player's coach type in terms of being really just stern and direct, or should he be a little bit softer with this group? I mean, if you were in that position, how would you handle it? You know, I think I would try most of all to be me. I would most of all try to, you know, retain the personality and and, and skills that God gave me and and personal contact. But here's the thing about it and what Adrian's got to, to know, which I'm sure he does, you know, it's, it's the fact is he was a player. He knows how to relate to players one of the most important things I thought Munchak always did was when the players came off the field, he didn't add to the chaos over mm. there's a sack, there's a yeah. blitz that hit home, there's a missed assignment, a holding call. You don't get everybody in all rattled and say, what were you doing and get in the face? No, just right. calm down because there's already enough, you know it, chaos yes. on the sideline. So without a doubt. <laughs> Make sure that you have your your personality is is one of calmness, but Mm. you want to be that guy that can relate to the players in real time like Munchak could. Watch what's going on out there and then be able to tell the guy, well, you had trouble because you let that guy uppercut you. You stopped your feet on a pass rush, blah, blah, blah. You can insert any sort of instructional that you want, but just the X's and O's, that's not enough. You've got to be able to make sure that these guys understand I see what you're doing. I got your, you know, the technique. I got your back, all those things. And I think Adrian's going to be just fine. He was a player. He understands the dynamics of what it means to be a player. Just be yourself. But I hope that he goes after a physical line, uh, mm. kind of a whole mindset of, yeah. of a physicality of getting after guys and being people movers. Get back mm. to the Russ Grimm slash yeah. Joe Moore. The, the whole point is to move guys from A to B against their will. 
Mm, I like it. Absolutely. And I do think that that's going to be huge in terms of Adrian being a former player. I know from personal experience, I loved having coaches that played the game. It was just something about them being able to understand fully the different situations that happen on the field, certain things you see, certain things you just feel while you're out there that if you haven't been on that field before, you're not going to fully understand that concept. And it could be a disconnect there. But I think with Adrian having that type of experience, especially at a high level too, I mean, you got to think, this guy won at the highest level at the NFL, right? So when you bring that in, I do think that that's going to have a very, very positive impact, especially on younger players like a Kevin Dotson, right? A guy that we think is ready to take that next step in year two. But having a guy like Adrian that's going to be able to really put his hands on him and mold him, I think that can have a very, very positive impact on Dotson for this next year and going forward. No question about it. And that takes us to Kevin Dotson, one of your mm-hmm. second-year players. All I see is upside for this guy, Arthur. Mm-hmm. All I see is upside. This kid's got, I don't know, he's got huge, huge, yes. Mongo huge <clears throat> talent within that big frame of his. That's 6'4", 321 pounds of people moving power. <laughs> you know, and I lo- I'm just excited to see what this kid can do. See, I like watching him because of his effort. Man, I think about the play. Oh, I'm thinking that it would have been either Denver or Philadelphia. It's a play where Ben has rolled out. He's scrambling, right? And the first guy down the field, Kevin Dotson. I think it was his first start. But just seeing how eager this young guy was to not just do his job, but to go over and above what the requirement was. That's what I'm looking for. I don't want a guy that's just going to do the bare minimum and feel like that's enough, feel like that's okay. This guy, Dotson, when you watch him, the excitement that he plays with, it just reminds me of when I was younger. I mean, I'm sure you can feel the same way. It's a different level of intensity of an excitement in year one and two versus year eight, nine, and 10. And you could just see that excitement that he plays with. And for me, I just love watching that because it stands out every time you cut the tape on, man. You know, it's funny because I was reading about him because, again, part of the problem for you, or for me uh-huh. and for you, I'm sure, is we didn't get to hang out with the guys last year. The whole right. COVID thing, he didn't have that interpersonal. So yes. I wanted to shake his hand. I wanted to brace him up, you know, man yes. to man, get a look at him and then and, and talk with yes. him. Because I already said, uh, football, I don't get nervous. I said, say what? <laughs> you don't get right. nervous. Like, not a little bit? I, yeah, not even a little. I mean, Ken okay. Sucks, man, you would think that a young yeah. guy, and what a job he did coming in. You know, mm-hmm. I I knew he'd be a, a definite, excellent yeah. run blocker, good run blocker, mm-hmm. but I didn't know he'd be so good at pass protection. Yes. What a nice job we saw this kid. I look forward. His his future uh, trajectory is, is up mm-hmm. for a long period of time. That's That's for sure. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, having some fun, talking some football on Steelers.com. We're going to take a break here. We'll hear the rest of that conversation between Wolf and Motes, uh, discussing Kevin Dotson, Chase Claypool, Alex Highsmith, all of the Steelers uh, rookies who are about to become second-year players here officially when the league calendar turns over tomorrow. So we'll hear the rest of that conversation. I've gotten some tweets about Bud Dupree, about Cam Sutton. We'll discuss... Um, all the moving and shaking of free agency, obviously, as well. We've also got a little uh, a little clip to play from Kevin Colbert and his return to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, re-upping on his year-to-year contract for another additional season. So plenty on the table. You know where to find me if you want to get involved on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. We've got free agency talk. We'll hear from Kevin Colbert, and we will get more thoughts from Wolf and Motsi. 
on the Steelers freshman class who are becoming second-year players and what they need to do to continue those upward trajectories. You are listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.